Hockey Atlas podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. We took several months off. Um, we need, I mean, we really needed it, obviously. We needed it, right? yes. Uh, we went hard through the pandemic. Right, right. I, and, you've uh, been in, in, in uh, Curacao for uh, how long? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, Curacao. That's uh, Andrew Jones is from Curacao. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, several other base, major league baseball. Jonathan Scope. Okay. Uh, Curacao, a lot of them. Uh, we as but we resume them today, and uh, we're glad to have you along. And uh, to kick things off, and I was going to find this. I wanted to find this uh, text message that I received in the summer. And uh, Charlie, if you wouldn't mind filling some time, because I I think it's important that I find this message here before things uh, get kicked off. Yeah, you know what I what I will do, Aaron, is I'll remind folks that we this podcast this is this is episode ninety three of the Admirals podcast. We haven't had one in a little while. We've taken our break, but we're off that break. We're off the hiatus. We came to a, an agreement on the collective bargaining issue, unlike what Major League Baseball players are doing right now, or in the owners. As Anyways, you can get these podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, uh, also iHeartMedia, we are available. So any of these podcasting platforms, uh, you can get the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Let It Simmer is the name of the podcast. Most people don't even know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Nikki Lenich, who is the creative... Really, the I would call her the creative director of the Admirals. She works. She owns her own business, and she works for us. Uh, she came up with the name, and I thought it was great. But I didn't tell anybody apparently until right now. This is Let It Simmer, the Milwaukee Admirals podcast. Yeah, episode number ninety three. Episode ninety three. Uh, so I couldn't find the text message because I've got a new phone since then. Um, but the text message I received was from Joe O'Donnell, longtime Houston Arrows Iowa Wild broadcaster. Now he's with the parent club, the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. And Joe texted me in the summer. Um, right when free agency started, and he said, uh, the guy you signed today, you're going to absolutely love him. Does anything for the team, does anything for the people in the office, you're going to absolutely love him. And we're halfway, beyond halfway through the season, and uh, I, I think he even undersold what he sent me. Uh, joining us on the first one as we return, episode 93, is Adams forward Mitch McLean. Mitch, thanks for doing this. What an introduction. We appreciate that. Yeah, we thank finally you, yeah. got to the introduction. Right, right. Wow. The introduction to the introduction. Yeah, thank you for your patience. No, I, I appreciate uh, all the compliments. So. Well, it's good to have you here, and uh, we're curious how it has been for you. This has been, obviously last year was weird. Uh, the year before was weird. Um, this year hasn't been entirely normal. It's getting there now, I think. But what has it been like for you for the last basically it's almost crazy it's almost since you've turned pro it's been completely different than what you've been accustomed to even more so yeah um i mean i'm excited this we're gonna get a playoffs this year yeah um my rookie year we had one and then the last two we we didn't have we had weird seasons season end early and um just being here and fresh start for me you know it's kind of been a lightning bolt to just my life in general just day-to-day living outside of hockey too like this is a new experience new place to come explore meeting new people and kind of getting outside of comfort zone again makes you feel younger do you need a fresh start did, did you need a fresh start um can it, it get stale when you're in the same yeah i think place as a pro athlete yeah i think i loved iowa i loved everything about sure. iowa the team the guys the fans the way everything was run like it was just great i think there comes a time where you're there four years you're uh, doing your thing and then I mean there's other plans and then you kind of get pigeonholed into an area and that's nobody's fault that's just the way life works sometimes and um, yeah I just needed a fresh start somebody to impress some different eyes to uh, look at me and 
Uh, it's been a great, great you know, thing here. It, it's it's interesting you say that. Not just interesting, but Nashville as an organization over the last few years has actually done a, a pretty nice, remarkable job of taking guys that have maybe been pigeonholed or had their chance and they're back in the minors uh, to then bring them in and get them fresh eyes and get a look, right? Like we have Jared Tenorti and Colin Blackwell yeah, yeah. and, uh, God, who was I, who, had, who did I just think of uh, four seconds ago that I can't? Uh, uh, Michael McCarron, right? It had been down and now he's back up with there. So to your point, like, you're the same player, but playing in a different system, playing for a different coach, makes a difference. Yeah, it does, and it's just it's again like it like the biggest thing for me was everything's been new. Going to Nashville for main camp, new. Coming here for main camp, new. Preseason, put it on an Admirals jersey. It's all fresh and feels good. It's exciting stuff, and I think when you're excited to come to the rink, it. And you're outside your comfort zone too. You you want to impress and you want to play well. People don't understand. I, I, I actually you you know, a five year old daughter and trying to tell her that change is good, like change is scary, sure, but it's good. It can, you know, for her, change is eating green beans instead of yeah. <laughs> mac and cheese or something like that. But but in your life, yeah, I mean, you can. That's the nice thing about in in a position like for me and I'm assuming for Charlie too, is that the people we work with change every year. So it doesn't feel as stale, if that makes sense, right? Right. Like it doesn't, and, and nothing against the people who've been here. It would be wonderful if many of the guys were here for as long as we have been. But it's it just, it's not going to happen. And always getting to know somebody new and getting to know different cultures and, and families and whatever, that's, it, it keeps you going a little bit. Yeah, without a doubt. I think it's probably the coolest thing for your guys' jobs. You've seen so many guys come in and out and go on elsewhere. And I mean, the people here are just great. That Midwest mentality. I'm going to give Wisconsin right. that Midwest title. That Midwest mentality where you work hard, you play hard, and you treat people the right way. And you're rooting for them when they go elsewhere. Yeah. I think it's just a great thing. It's, it's, it's been a joy to be here. It's, it is such a uh, – this community, it's very, very similar to – you grew up in Minnesota – uh, you played in Iowa. It's very similar. They're all very similar. If you were here, you're always going to be supported, right? No matter what. Like, you, you're one of us. It, it's, I know it's a jokey hashtag on Twitter, but being one of us it means something to the people in these communities. Yeah, it's it's just something I never thought I'd be an admiral. And <laughs> when I had the opportunity, the calls were coming in this summer. Season ended. I knew I was going to have to go somewhere else. That was number one on my list. It really was. Why? I just, from playing here as a visitor yeah. and seeing the city and seeing the fans and how hard it is and how good the teams have been, that was a no-brainer hockey-wise. And then hearing about the guys that have played here that I played with, like Cal O'Reilly, Mike Leambus, um, I heard about Freddie Allard through a mutual friend, and it was just one of those things where it's just like, I think this is a good spot for me. I think I will really enjoy being here. Can you, can you describe what the free agent process was like for you? You had never experienced it before, right? I mean, or coming out of college you had, but yeah. you, it's different for a guy, right? Like we always hear, and we've talked about this before in this podcast, you know, you hear about the, the, the huge signings that are coming up in the NHL. You know, and these guys have their, half an hour, right. And those guys have their choice to go wherever they want. But for other guys, it's like, hey, this offer might be on the table, but then it might not be because they signed somebody else. So give us your perspective on what free agency was like for your first time as an actual professional player. Yeah, I mean, I was, I've been a free agent after every year. Uh, uh, one year but for the most part, after my exit meeting, you're coming, like, we, we want you back. We want, we want you, you back. back. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I want to come back. Um, so getting the 
the call where we're going to move on or whatever you had your time here and we're just going to go a different direction, go younger, whatever, whatever it was. Um, it hurts. I mean, For sure. I loved Iowa. I absolutely love it. So it was, it was my home. I'm, you know, uh, I love going there. I, I go visit there. My best, one of my best friends from high school actually lives in Des Moines. So when I went <laughs> really? to college, I had somebody else that I could lean on, which was great. Yeah. So it, it became home. And to hear that I was going to have to go somewhere else, I mean, it stings, but again, it's like motivation too. Like, Hey, where am I going? What's going to happen next? It's uncertain. You know, I think it bugs my mom and dad more than anything because they want me to figure it out and have a job and um, whatever else. But it was pretty cool. And you just talk about the stars aligning. Um, Cole Smith, him and I have been close. He played in Chicago last year. and So whatever intel he could give the staff, if they asked, oh, how's Mitch? What is he like? Blah, blah, blah. And a guy like that could uh, talk to him. And then Scott Ford and Scotty Nickel knowing Mike Leambis really well and um, Cal O'Reilly and those connections and everyone kind of communicating it just kind of started to get a life of its own a little bit and you could just feel that uh, when I was a free agent maybe this was going to be the choice yeah and when I could officially go talk to teams I called my agent right away I said I think we should call Milwaukee like I want to be a Milwaukee Admiral like that's my number one sure you know? and it just worked out where they felt the same or felt enough to give me a chance and um, so that was cool. I didn't feel the stress of like, oh my god. There gosh, wasn't the pressure. It wasn't as crazy, um, you know. And it, it's cool that I got to go where I wanted to go to, right? Versus just having to take an opportunity. Um, so yeah, that's how it was for me. So after you sign, then is there much communication, or is it, hey, we'll see you in September? Um, you know, it, it was pretty cool. Um, Scotty called me when we were talking about the contract. Scott Nickel. Scott yeah. Nickel. Yeah. Yeah. Scotty Nickel. Admiral's yeah. GM. Yeah. He called me, and uh, we, we had just a great talk about hockey and just the way that things run around here in Nashville and what they want to be and mm-hmm. um, where he sees me fitting in and whatnot. And, I mean, I was instantly sold on that. I was so excited. And um, he, he's like, you can take some time or whatever. And I think I just said on the phone, like, let's, I want to be. Let's, let's do, do this. Like, this is what I want. And then uh, the next day, uh, Coach Carl Taylor calls me, and, I've never talked to him before and whatever else, but played against them many times. And um, so he knew my game and um, that was a good conversation. It was casual and he was excited about it. And the door was open instantly. He's like, let me know what you need from us. Um, if you need us to talk about hockey, blah, 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 uh, when you get to Nashville. So everybody was so on board right away and it was so easy. And I felt so welcomed that uh, I wasn't nervous for anything really coming in. I mentioned, uh, I told you before that I found one of your jerseys online when you played in an exhibition game for the Minnesota Wild. So when you get down to Nashville, do you have any expectations like that? Like you're going to get into a game when you're in training camp, even though you're on an AHL deal, all of this stuff? Did you have anything like that? Yeah, I think just like personal goals. I mean, I got the one for Minnesota, and that was pretty cool. And um, more or less got that because of my season the year before with Iowa and um, what they thought and how hard I worked. And um, obviously going to a new spot, you want to play as many preseason games as you can. And yeah. the Predators had a pretty lengthy preseason schedule. A right. couple more games more than, games than usual. most teams, yeah. you know. And I'm, So I get that schedule, and I'm thinking, well, i got to get in these games, and i got to play and yeah. make a new impression. And um, and I didn't get one. Yeah. And that was that was tough, for sure. That was – I mean, I got to watch a couple of the home games and see how exciting that is. And then they score the Tim McGraw song comes on and that just <laughs> fires me up. And, um, I just, I just didn't get one. It wasn't my opportunity there. 
to get one. And I took the time there to practice, and I practiced every day when they played. And I got to be out there with Roman Yossi and Forsberg and Duchesne and um, doing some skill drills with those guys. I think, again, like the silver lining and just keeping your head down and working, like it was probably the best thing for me because I came here and I was pretty motivated. Like I was excited to play that first preseason game as an admiral because I didn't play the game yet. And it's interesting you say what you just said about look, watching, seeing Roman Yossi and seeing Philip Forsberg as a fellow pro, what do you take from those guys? Is it just a work ethic thing? Or are you actually trying to, okay, hey, look at the way he does this or uh, his, t- his turns and how he uses his edges or something with stick handling or, or whatnot. Do you, do you look at that or no? Yeah, I mean, they, those guys do things that I... Absolutely, you right? Know, like I mean, nobody can amazing, do, right? Like you know. Philip Forsberg's hands. I'm I mean. pretty honest with myself about what I can do, and those guys are pretty elite, but... I mean, you watch those things, and I'm, I'm a firm believer of if you're there and you're watching and you're mimicking to your best of your ability, you're going to get better. Right. Like, instantly get better yeah. in the pace and the speed, the way they do things. Um, but I think what's just remarkable enough is just how hard they work. Yeah. They're, it's pre NHL preseason for them. They know they're there. They know what lies ahead is an 82-game schedule, and these guys are absolutely working. Um, and I think that's just something you – I mean, I'm probably older than – some of those guys anyway sure. you know and but you look up to those guys you want to be where they're at and if you ever do get there you want to be a great teammate for them and so it's a cool experience it's a big growth period honestly that training camp speaking of of work when do you do the heavy lifting so well literally and figuratively is that all two months before you report to training camp or when does when does all of that happen the 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 because during the season obviously especially what the admirals have done we just had four days off as we're recording this um had four days off between games that doesn't happen that often or four i shouldn't say four days off four days of practice because there there isn't much practice time it's a lot of games right um there's we always say rest is a weapon all of that stuff but at the same time you got to keep your skills sharp you got to keep your strength up all of these things yeah i think that's uh i mean we haven't had a regular season it seems like forever you know right. the last year kind of college schedule yeah taking a week off and playing two on the weekend or playing three and are you playing um, at 10 a.m somewhere yeah or? so i mean that was that was different for these guys that are rookies and haven't had that schedule so now we have a full schedule and some of these rookies are seeing like it gets to be it's a grind you're playing games and your yeah. days off are just well, like, you think about a, 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 like a rest day but you're coming in for treatment it's not really a day right. off you're right. working and, still. And, and where we're at right now the, the college season is ending right so like there's still two months to go here plus yeah. playoffs and it's just one of those things i think uh the admirals and uh norbs do a great job with the constant workouts and them changing and adapting the workout to how the players are feeling or the schedule but that active recovery or that active lifting during the season, I mean, it only helps you maintain what you built all summer. Yeah. And you had, I, I tell people this, it's, it's crazy that our players, you've got to weigh in every day, right? Yeah. And weigh in, weigh out. It's not because they're concerned about you getting fat. And they're more concerned about you not gaining yeah. weight, right? Yeah. Or, or losing weight. Because if you're losing weight, it's not fat you're losing, it's, it's muscle you're losing. So it's, it's important to maintain that and to track it too. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, uh, it's pretty crazy down to the science what they do for us here. And it's just like even after a game, there's been games this year when we went through that COVID stretch where we had nine forwards or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I lost like seven pounds during the game, and that's all water. That's yeah, not that's right, all water. Right. So you got to put that back in or the next night you're going to be fried. Um, and it's a good thing to be aware of, right? Like, because if you didn't weigh in and out and you didn't really know that, you'd probably just go have a Gatorade and you'd be thinking that's enough. And it's, right. it's just not, not even close. 
So you met, you mentioned the COVID, right? You've had an amazing season for the Admirals and, but you've maybe gotten some opportunities. If everyone's healthy all the time, maybe you don't have the number of minutes. Cause I bet there were games where you played, you were playing in every situation. You're probably playing 21, 22 minutes a night. And it gives you some opportunities to do things that maybe you hadn't had before. So maybe COVID has been, I don't want to say good for you, but like you have taken advantage of your opportunities. I, you know, it's funny. I, I have a million reasons that this has just been nuts in the world, COVID, and it's just terrible what's happened to people. And, I mean, for me, COVID has been the weirdest blessing of all time. Right. And when it comes to hockey, I've been so lucky to be healthy and not test positive and miss games and whatever else. So I've been in every night, and the opportunity has been great. I've never in my life or never in my pro career thought about playing 22 minutes in games. Right. And there was games I was north of 22 minutes, yeah. playing on the power play, playing penalty kill, playing first line. And that only helps you when you get back into your role with a full team, playing third or fourth line center, wing or whatever else, being comfortable playing 10 minutes, sharp, sharp, sharp. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's been a blessing. Being here has been a blessing, for sure. Your history is, is something, and you mentioned four years in Iowa, four years obviously in college at Bowling Green. But... You do something, and, and even in your year here, you immerse yourself in the community. And I don't think a lot of guys do that, especially when they're younger. I don't think the players have the courage to, young players have the courage to step out and become a part of the community in some way or have friends away from the rink or, or things like that. And Just knowing what I know of you here uh, this season, it seems like that's something that's really, really important yeah. to you. Yeah, I, I just think uh, I learned at a young age you got to treat the people that support you the right way, and they're always going to have your back if you do that. And it's just it's it's enjoyable. I mean, I wanted to be a teacher, so any chance we get to do community work with kids and whatever else, that's my fix of being a teacher, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's it's one of those things where I've just always thought to myself, like when I was a young kid and I'd have my hand out and, knuckles or whatever after a game and the team loses and guys don't want to give knuckles because they're frustrated or whatever else i've just always since like those younger years i've thought to myself i gotta give these guys knucks because someday i'm gonna have kids and they're gonna want to be them and dream and i hope somebody just gives it back and gives them knucks or signs a puck or slams the glass for them or Something like that. It's it's important. This, it makes those kids want to come back, or it makes them want to be hockey players. Right. Yeah. right. Well, you, you need to get the signs, right? I mean, how many signs do you see nowadays where kids? Yeah. Kids, kids right. You just did. You yeah. just did it the other day, right? Say you yeah. had you had to deal with a kid in the in the stands behind the bench. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's just one of those things. It grows the game. It's good for people. You you don't know what people are going through. I think we did one this year. Uh, we the did Pictionary. We did Pictionary with the Children's you Hospital. Know, and, and Smitty and I going home and complaining about, all oh, the schedule's terrible, or hockey practice was brutal. And then you see these kids who have a smile on, they're enjoyable, they're loving what we're doing, and they're going fighting through, for their lives Right, they're, they're bald because they're going through chemo. Yeah, and it's just, it's easy for, like, they're just enjoying what we're doing, and we're, you know, we're complaining about practice being too hard or something. It really puts things in perspective sometimes. And it it is it's a daymaker doing stuff like that. You at, at Bowling Green, you special ed is is kind of your right purview, yep. right special yep. education. So how did you get interested in that? And I, I've seen some great videos of you down there at Bowling Green working with kids and and things like that. But how how did that become your interest? 
It was uh, it was pretty cool. Growing up, I always just we always kind of gravitated uh, students in my class who maybe had a disability or something. Like that. We've always just gravitated towards each other. And then when I went to high school, they had uh, they had a class. It was like just a one credit like simple thing. Didn't get in the way of anything, and um, they generally picked um, athletes, which was nice. Um, it was called social skills. So it was like you're a mentor. You're in the class. You're doing things, but you're more of a mentor. Okay or helping the students and uh, it was called social skills is students with autism who were on the spectrum. Um, and it was just one of those things where I really enjoyed doing that. And I said, when I was a senior in high school, I was like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a special ed teacher. This is like the, in my opinion, like the best people in the world. I mean, the, the ones who should be, you know, if you, if you, if you're, if you believe the ones who are the first in to heaven are the special education teachers, because like it is, you are so selfless in that pursuit. Like you're that even that ma- even just majoring in that, you know, guys, hey, I'm an econ major or whatever. You just I, I can do it because it's easy, I can coast through and someone's gonna write my papers. That doesn't happen as a special education major. And then as a special ed teacher, like the patience and the uh, uh, just the everything about it is so special. Yeah, and so it, it, it really says something about you as a person that this is what you want to pursue after you're done playing hockey. Yeah, I was, it's funny, my, all my roommates in college were business majors and they're always studying and doing this and how things are so hard and I was always so happy-go-lucky because we'd go bowling or we'd do this yeah. and that. And the other thing too is just like, I loved doing it. So it yeah. wasn't like school for me, this wasn't like a chore. I got my best grades when my major started. You right. know, after my oh, first yeah. couple of years and then my major started, I got my best grades, I enjoyed what I was doing. And it's just one of those things where being a teacher and going through that that student teaching that's like a real life thing as a, as a senior it's basically your job right and you're doing it hands-on you're not doing a business class where uh-huh. you're just like pretending or simulating or, or even spending one day at an, yeah. at an office helping out you're like, working you're, 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 you're the working. teacher you're finding out if you're good at it and you like it yeah instantly right right, you know? right. and that's so important like i don't um, think i don't think enough people try enough things to find out it's not, it's not whether that's going to be your career forever, but it's to get a taste of what you like about it, what you don't like about it, what can you change about it, all of these things. Just have that experience. Yeah, without a doubt, because I think there's some weird stat, and I could be making this up, but I think... That's, I what, that's what I do, yeah. actually, on every day. I just make things up. But it's like teachers, when they start, they last like two, three years, and then they're done. Like they're burnt right. out or they're whatever. Right. So, I mean, that, that year of student teaching or going through that, um, simulation in the classroom during college and whatever else it's huge you yeah. find out if this is what you want to do or not yeah you know before you get in and you're like I'm out like after a year you know yeah yeah you're you're we're gonna shift a little bit we're going backwards let's yeah I was gonna say let's go here. back yeah. but uh, growing up where you did Central Minnesota Brainerd Minnesota uh, Baxter, Minnesota, Baxter Minnesota, Minnesota, yeah. Minnesota <laughs> the lakes the, area the lakes area um, <laughs> Obviously, hockey is huge, but you didn't necessarily come from a hockey background, background right. specifically. No, no. Um, my uncle played, but he thought it was more football on skates. Um, it's, <laughs> just go out to hit funny. people. Yeah, he came, he lives in Colorado. He came to the games, and he just loves the hitting and the fighting. You know, that's the way he played. He was a slap shot guy. Okay. Yeah, have you seen the movies? <laughs> yeah, of course. And oh, yeah, well, we've had the hand, we've had know? the Hanson brother. Um, actually, uh, well, I, never mind. <laughs> Sorry. So, I mean, he played, but I didn't know that as a young kid. And my dad is a basketball guy and uh, played competitive softball. And 
I don't know how it started. I don't know how Did, I just wanted to You had to told us hockey. that your dad played collegiate basketball. Is that correct? Yeah, he played at Central Lakes College in uh, Brainerd, Minnesota, I remember. Yeah. And my brother actually did the same. Really? After playing hockey his whole life, uh, got done with high school, said, I'm going to try basketball. 6'7", just a freak athlete, too, and made the transition. And really? And never played basketball Six, until he never. went to Central Lakes. 6'7", yeah. wow. Yeah, Where did that come from? Is your dad? Uh... Yeah, so uh, my dad's 6'5". Dill, the middle brother, six seven, and then Josh would be the youngest. I'm the oldest at give myself six one. <laughs> but Josh is six four. He plays football at Bemidji, so I mean Oh he does, huh? Me and my mom were closer to the ground, but we're the toughest too. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you grew up and, and, and I think it's like there again, it's it's so important, I think, um, to play every sport. And you grew up in a family that that's what you did. Like you yeah. you pretty much touched on all of them. With between you and your brothers, everybody did everything. Yeah, we uh we're a sports oriented family and my mother wasn't really into sports and didn't play sports and she's uh her skills have progressed people throw her a loaf of bread or some salt <laughs> she can shaker. catch it now she's catching them and she you know she's <laughs> some of the time her skills have really grown uh having four boys in the house at all times and playing sports and yeah i think especially all the sports just they help each other so much and it's a break from i mean i played hockey all year round yeah no matter what that's what i wanted to do since day one but playing football playing basketball and then the one year i broke my collarbone i ran track instead and then how did you break your collarbone uh, playing hockey, I just, playing hockey. yeah, and then I just saw I couldn't play baseball, and I was just like, well, then I'm gonna go run track, and then I played JV golf one year because they didn't have baseball in seventh grade or something, and uh, I just think all those things and maybe the mental break that I got from football and baseball yeah. and um, just aided in my hockey. You know, but, you know, uh, I'll make a comparison, uh, and I've thought of this a couple times. Another former Minnesota kid who Aaron and I think very fondly of, he's actually the, the color commentator for the Admirals, Mark Van Gilder. Yeah. He was an all-state athlete in three sports, in uh, lacrosse, uh, football, uh, and hockey. Yeah. And you had tremendous success in other sports as well, right? You, you said you went to the state title game two times as the yeah. quarterback? Well, uh, yeah, we lost uh, state tournament twice. I think Smitty lost in a state final too yeah. uh, when I wasn't there. Um, football is pretty big um, where we're from and pretty dang good. We're the only out-state school or out-city school that's in the biggest conference. And, right. Um, yeah, so we won some big games against teams like that. And I, f- Growing up and dreaming about playing Warrior football, that's what you do on Friday nights. You go yeah. to Warrior football games and you want to be them. And then luckily for me, I got to be the quarterback. And that was Were the, you quarterback from the time you started or was it – so right away they recognized – Fourth grade on, I was – you were the quarterback. Yeah. Was that be because, it, uh, like, in the schoolyard, you were just like, I'm quarterback. You guys figure out what else you're going to do? I just, I think uh, my dad played quarterback in football, and then he... At Brainerd? Nope. He was no. a little Falls guy, and then... Okay. Uh, so, 30 minutes south. Sure. But, I mean, he, he was a quarterback growing uh, growing up and going through the ranks of football, and then oh, when Charles I played... Lindbergh, by the way, Little Falls, Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. I got a trivia question right about that. Uh, yeah, I went to trivia here, and... They asked what was the Times article, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, I know this, Charles Lindbergh, Little Falls, blah, blah, blah. And people were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then it was right, and they looked at me like, whoa. <laughs> but, so bond, yeah. yeah, they're like, well, this guy's smart. I was like, no. But, yeah, so I just, first year I started playing, I was the quarterback. And I just think my, kind of my mentality, too, like, kind of a talker, an upbeat guy. Like, I want the ball. What, like, what kind of... Uh... 
I mean, I don't know. I'm not a huge football guy, but yeah, like, what kind of offense run, did yeah, you run? Yeah, yeah. Was this run and gun? Was this? Uh, were you doing running an option? Yeah. So we were like, we'd run the spread, but we'd run a lot of uh, veer options and stuff like that out okay. of shotgun. And um, I was mostly a runner. I like, so you'd run for yeah. a thousand and pass for a thousand in a season. Well, like I, I definitely would uh, run. I'd run like twenty times a game, and we'd pass like. 10 yeah. sure you know but when we passed it was to hit a deep ball or whatever else and um yeah it was i was more of a runner i was more of a tim tebow what uh, i gotta ask cole smith has jason normate told me that smitty has the highest vertical leap of anybody that's come through here since shea weber what position did he play in football was he a receiver he yeah so he was a cornerback a cornerback okay. and i think his dad did that played that in college he was a cornerback or a safety and um, but Smitty did some receiver too. He played receiver even as a sophomore. Thus, Smitty was playing he's, receiver. He was punt returner. Right. He's he's, he's an all awesome state, athlete. All state cornerback. Yeah. You know, as a tenth grader, eleventh grader, and right. then all of a sudden people then start throwing to him. So they so can just play th- safety. And he he's an unbelievable athlete, Cole yeah. Smith. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And you guys, you mentioned this before, and I've said this before, to have two kids from the same city play professional sports period is amazing right to have them from a community which is roughly 20,000 people and then play for the same team as pro athletes is it's got to be a one in a million type of thing it's yeah I, it, I mean it's and Schneider, your dad's, your dad's, dads are buddies yeah. yeah it's just it's a weird thing like Schneider and Blue just are from Rochester Buffalo Buffalo area, right? yeah yeah to me, that would be a big city. Yes. Coming from yes. Brainerd, Brainerd, Minnesota, yeah. you know. Especially Brainerd in the winter. Yeah, well, it's just the population goes down in the winter, and in summer everyone seems to come there. Which right. Is great. <laughs> we love the business. It's yeah. like Lake Geneva. So, <laughs> it, I mean, it is sort of like Lake Geneva, I think. I mean, you guys would know better than I. But yeah. it's, uh, but I just, I can't, I can't even, playing in the Little League World Series when Cole was 8 and I was 10, and growing up at the ballpark with our dads, and then playing all the way through, and, um, you know, I was a senior two years older, and I go do my thing, and Cole's still there, and then Cole goes and does something. And and then to play against each other in pro hockey was cool for our families. They were both in the game in Iowa when we were there, and um, that was a cool moment. And then all of a sudden you get the chance to play together, which I was lucky enough to play with two other guys from Brainerd at Bowling Green. And amazing. Yeah, that, that is amazing, It's just crazy. Right? And then all of a sudden I get to play with Cole. Like, I've just been so fortunate to have – the guys I trained with in the summer, the guys I grew up with working for the same goal, um, to be there with them when we make it is pretty It's pretty special. If you guys, is in, in, I don't know if it's the same group of people that you're talking about, but you guys started to coach the girls' team at Brainerd. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Was so, this during the, the pandemic? Yeah, so during the pandemic, uh, the high school sports, like, stopped. Yeah. But... You know, those crazy hockey parents are like, we want these kids to play, and they deserve to play. Right. You know? So we coached them. We had, like, 12 or 14 games or something or 10 games where we got to have them, which was their, like, preseason. That wasn't associated with the high school, but okay. it was all the high school teams. So it was myself, Chris Polkamp, who was a Bowling Green uh, guy with me, and then Joey Frazier, who coaches the medicine at Tigers, and we had all played college, WHL, and pro a little bit, you know. Um, so we went back and we we're like, we got nothing to do. We need a hockey fix. Like, right. For Let's sure. Get on the ice. For sure. We'll do this. And it, so did they come to you or did you got a volunteer? Yeah. You so we were working this? with youth hockey a little bit, doing some things cause we were around, you know, we've never been around to be able to help sure. or show face or, yeah. um, so we started there and then they started asking us to come to more youth hockey practices, which 
yep, we got nothing to do. We love it. This is great. We started to like it so much that um, the high school coach said, hey, I would love for you guys to just run this. Like, this is what we and do. he's the high school coach, and since there's no high school sports, he can't yeah. do anything. Yeah, and he's like, and I trust you guys. Here's what we do. They open their doors. They open their books. They said whatever, and um, they asked us, change it, help us learn on the side, blah, blah, blah. And we really built a connection with these, these girls, and I, I didn't know what to expect coaching high school girls. Right. I, I really didn't know what to expect, and it was, again, COVID being a blessing. Yeah. It was probably the best – three months that I've had in hockey. Honestly, I can honestly say that. It was so much fun coaching them and just being around at the rink and seeing how much they enjoyed having us out there. Cause we weren't co we were coaches, yeah. but we're players too. We we're still all right. playing or, you know, and so it's kind of cool for all of us to connect that way and do that. Yeah. So when you have to do a schedule and you say 10 to 14 games or whatever, is that you guys making the schedule? No. You connecting with other... So that was the nice part too. The, that you didn't, you just the, showed up when you were told to. Coaches and parents called the other coaches and parents. So there and, was like, a, it's like youth hockey. The student, you have a yeah. manager, yep. one of the parents takes the managing job. Yeah, it was, it was cool. Lines up hotels if necessary or whatever. Right. We ran it like pro too, which was, or all we know really is sure. we're going to come in, we're going to do skills, we're going to do a video. Then we're going to go through all our stuff, and we ran it just like pro hockey, and they, they were great. Yeah. You know, they were in the state tournament this year, and um, the group of kids that we got to work with were exceptional, so it made it really easy for us. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I think secondary to me, second only maybe to Texas football in prep sports is Minnesota high school hockey. Yeah. It's like what the state lives for. So tell us about your experience. Because you don't, around here and especially out east, you go to junior, you play junior hockey, especially recently, like AAA hockey has sort of grown quite a bit. But not in Minnesota. Kids don't go play AAA hockey. Maybe in the summer you More do. More than they ever have, but not, but not, yeah, not compared to everybody not, else. Right, right. I so mean, tell us what your experience with playing for Brainerd High School it's, it's, I don't know if it's, it is, is it, is it Brainerd High School? Yeah, it's Brainerd yeah. High School, yeah. About playing Minnesota high school hockey with, and just the tradition of the, the whole thing in context. And yeah. keeping all the friends together. Yeah, well, it's just, you grow up playing with all these guys the whole way through, versus these AAA teams, you hop around, you meet new people, which is good too. It is yeah. good. It's a good model, I think. Um, but to play with the same group going through and then to go to those high school games and watch the high school play and then watch the state hockey tournament on TV and then go to games with your family when you're younger and see 18,000 people watching high school, high school sports, high school boys and girls play hockey. You know, it's and it's just, the number one rated show on TV. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Right, right. Like that's, that's what you want to do. You want to play for the golfers or you want to go to the state hockey tournament. I mean, those are the two things that, Is that I grew what up wanting to hockey, do. By the way, when, when you were young, was it the golfers? Was it, Every, from the wild was it every like, well the wild i don't know when you they were, were just starting i was gonna say when you would have been about eight years old yeah. when they started so right? i had only goal for hockey yeah. so friday saturday nights on fsn i got to listen to doug Wood and frank mazako and yes. i put my goal for jersey on and frank run around Mazzocco, former admiral's broadcaster really yes, wow i didn't know that yeah. yeah so i'd put my goal for jersey on and I'd run around with a stick in the knee hockey net and all three periods I'd be playing and whatever else. And so I grew up wanting to be a golfer, and that's yeah. where my love for hockey started. Yeah. So did they, did they talk to you at all? Uh, no. The, the only process? conversation I had with the golfers was uh, I was maybe 9 or 10, and uh, <laughs> Don, Don, Don Lucia came to Brainerd to watch Alex Goligoski, who right. plays for the Wild now, yeah. Grand Rapids guy, and he was unbelievable. And 
Uh, everyone Grand like, Rapids, Minnesota guy. Minnesota. Yeah. Not yeah. Grand Rapids, Michigan. Right. Right. Minnesota. Right. 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 Yeah, correct. And uh, just this spunky kid dreaming big. I went up to Donald Chi and I said, I'm going to play for you in the Golfers one day as a 10-year-old or something. And <laughs> just sure you know, Yeah, he's just like, oh, who is this? And then yeah. all of a sudden, probably watching, he's just like, who's this McLean guy that's playing at Bowling Green now? Like, yeah, you know, so, no, but that was, yeah, that was it. And then um, luckily for me, Hockey and Brainerd was kind of buzzing, you know, when we were uh, going through and we had, like, we had the six guys that played D1 right. in that span and we had a Stanley Cup champion in Josh Archibald that played with that yeah. group. And so we had people come into Brainerd, Minnesota, 2,000, 3,000 people to watch us play high school hockey Crazy. in a small town. And it was fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. But, yeah. but you never, you didn't make it to the state tournament, right? We did not. We always yeah. uh, fell short. But I think if you look back... Which is so remarkable. It just it shows how good high school hockey it's, is in Minnesota. When you just said six Division one guys, Stanley Cup champion, and you can't even make it to the state tournament. It's, it's mind-boggling looking back. Um, and the other teams that beat us had, like, nothing as far as after hockey like we did with that group. Yeah. But it just it's a it's a hard thing. It's yeah. one and done game and those teams those Rose on Moorheads and Elk Rivers, they they're good hockey teams and hockey programs and we just couldn't get over the hump. Yeah. It was just one of those things. But I mean, I wouldn't trade I mean, I don't know because I haven't been there, but I wouldn't trade what's happened post high school hockey for maybe a state the tournament. Chance to go to the state know. tournament. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. But I you think you could always do the Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite, yeah. which would have put me in <laughs> exactly. the state, that kind of thing. Exactly. But yeah, it's just it's just one of those things that happens the way it's supposed to, and it worked out good for a lot of the Brainerd boys. Yeah, it, it really did. So your connection with these girls then that you coached, that's something that obviously will be around for, for forever, for a long time. But is this something now when you go back in the summer, are you planning, a, do you, you have a hockey school, things like that, that you'll work with boys and girls? Yeah, so that's kind of where it started too. We we did this and then that group of guys and then we added smitty to it you know uh, we needed some nhl clout in our group <laughs> so we added smitty and uh just it's it's cool because we all go back home every summer and we train together and do whatever so uh, we took the lead and we just started uh a lakes hockey academy is what it's called and um last year was our first year and this year we're already nearly full and we just opened it up and it was a big hit and um I think it just really started with we had a good taste from the youth hockey. We kind of saw what maybe needed to be taught or fixed sure. or adapted or what we could teach yeah. that people maybe haven't seen because we're living it every single day. This right. is what we do. Right. Um, and that girls group and group of parents really pushed pushed us over the top as far as getting support around the area and then other people that we grew up as – or we had as coaches really pushed and – um, thought it'd be a great idea, and it's just something that turned into successful things so I mean, far. You told we talk about change and new experiences and all of that stuff. For them too, bringing you guys in, you guys have things that are working in the pro ranks, things that are working in the major junior ranks. Not that, not that the coaches in Brainerd can't come up with that, or wherever you may be, coaches in Milwaukee, they they can certainly come up with that. But for you to come out and teach this there's a little clout to that like you said with Cole Smith he's played in the NHL now there's there's a little clout with that plus you guys know pretty well okay we're we're doing this in Nashville we're doing this in Milwaukee we're doing this in Medicine Hat we can translate this this is no problem we can we know how to make this work in Brainerd Minnesota well that's probably the coolest part is 
we're all, you know, we go back and we talk and whatever else. But now we come back and we're sitting around a whiteboard in a room yeah. talking hockey. And exactly what's going on in WHL. The one guy was in Europe. Smitty's is NHL. We're in Iowa. Like we have drills that we can share and yeah. systems and all kinds of stuff like that. And then just the other thing, like I always say, is like the credibility that we have with the players. Yeah. We were Brainerd Warriors. Right. And now we're teaching Brainerd Warriors. If they they want to get here in any sport, yeah, this is the model. This is how we. That's how we teach them. That's how we act. That's what we talk about in classroom sessions. Is how we kind of all got there, and that was working. I mean, we're not the best players in the world. We didn't have guys like that. We had workers, and yeah. this is the model we used. And these are the things we've learned, and it's just one of those things that I. I, I mean, I've said it probably ten times already, but this is what we do. This is our job. Hockey's our job. We're not a teacher who then coaches. Right. That's a tough thing to do, be a parent, be a teacher, and then be a coach and try to do it all right. at the highest level all year round. Right. So I think it's great to give the coaches, too, a break from youth hockey. Get a break. Come watch your kids practice. Maybe learn some other things. Ask questions. Like We're so approachable with it, too. People can come ask us drill help and for questions and what you guys do on the power play. And anytime if a brainer coach would call us during the season, I think we'd all answer and just give our opinion or help or let them bounce things off us. And that's small town type Nick community, right? right? Who right, wants right. to see Brainerd get to the state tournament. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. The, uh, you mentioned this sort of in passing before, but I think it's pretty remarkable that you and Cole Smith played, I mean, obviously you're best friends. You grew up together, right? But you played Little League together and got to the Little League World Series. As nine and ten year olds, or eight and ten, nine and ten. Smitty was eight. I was a ten year old. So, what, so give he us played tell- up. He played up with us. Yeah, right. Which is crazy. He was probably six three when he was eight. I suppose, right? <laughs> six three still can grow. So a beard. is this the one that, that's on TV? The Williamsport? No. Nope. So okay. we played Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken. So we okay. weren't. We weren't at the Williamsport one. But I'll throw a side note in there quickly. But we beat the Minnesota team pretty bad. That ended up going to the Little League World Series when we were twelve. We beat them pretty bad. So really? I think we would have made it to the. Williams to the actual one, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just talk about that. How the like how that went. What it, what your experience was like. Uh, all that good stuff. Well, I think it's cool for Smitty and I. We grew up wanting to be our dads. You sure. Know, we had two great uh, role models when it came to sports and how to play, and both kind of hard nosed, gritty players. And they played competitive softball, like Class A softball, and they were really good. So we grew Hold up. On. Is that pitch. slow pitch or is that fast? Yeah, pitch? It's slow pitch. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were really good. I mean, they're playing against the best teams in the country and right. going to nationals, and so that's what we grew up wanting to be. And then we get the opportunity to play baseball and get coached by these two. So I mean, we were just trying to be them, you know, as much right. as we could. And we had a twelve-man team playing against these other teams that played all year round in Florida and whatever. Really, else. and just these little kids from Baxter and. Um, yeah, it was a cool thing. It really got baseball kind of started in the area moving towards that. I think Baxter's gone to a few Little League World Series since then. And really? A bunch of state championships. and uh, So it, it was a cool thing. We were kind of the start of it. What, was, what position were you playing? Shortstop. Shortstop. Yeah. Shortstop and Cole is an outfielder. Okay. So I was going to say catcher. That was my that was gonna be my guess, but uh, I don't like blocking the balls on the pitcher makes a yeah. bad pitch. Yeah. <laughs> that's just not. I'm like, why? why that's like playing goalie, man. I don't yeah. know why those guys like Although, doing that. Except except when you look at we look at your hockey game, right? Like you are you're the one that's giving hits. You're taking hits. You're like you're not a fighter. Like you don't want. I don't think you like you're not actively seeking it, right? But you you drop the gloves when it's necessary. Uh, 
So I would think blocking a little silly little you know curveball coming in the dirt uh, might not be so bad. I don't know, hundred degree day double header. <laughs> yeah, that's block fair. fifteen balls. You're probably like, can we not do this? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, like shortstop was my spot. You know. So yeah. That's yeah. where I like being. Right in the middle of the action. Yeah, that's like even now when I play, I play pretty competitive softball, class A, and um, I play. They play that like rover middle guy and extra guy in the middle. Right, that's where right. I play right over second base, turn double plays and. Just right in the middle of it always. You're wearing a shirt. The shirt you're wearing right now is, what, what is it saying there, Wiffle Fest? Yeah, Wiffle Fest, this, Popple Park, Nisswa, Minnesota. Yeah, so t- talk about this because this was featured in Sports Illustrated when Aaron and I were kids, probably 30 years ago, right? So, ironically too, uh, my one buddy Derek Owen, um, this is his backyard. He built like a mini Fenway Park. Right. With a green monster. The green monster and, for Wiffle Ball. Yeah, it's uh, pretty unbelievable. It gets like 20 teams a year guys throwing together a team they come and play and he actually just sold his house um and they're moving the wiffle ball to my middle brother's friend group started a thing and they made they made a mini wrigley so they like copied Derek and made so they had two so they, have, ball I, they have ivy uh, on the walls they, no well, metrodome they, no no metrodome <laughs> they could have had the roof oh they could have they could have winter wiffle ball right but uh yeah, so they built a mini Wrigley and with the big clock and scoreboard and all that. So we had wow. two. Derek sold his house, so I think Wifflefest is going to move over to the Wrigley one. But it's just pretty cool. The whole area, people come from the cities to play in St. Cloud. And that kind of that softball community that you meet and whatever, they throw together teams and you come play. And he puts it on together. It's 25 bucks. You get a T-shirt. You eat all day and bring your own beverages wow. and yeah it's a fun time it's a really fun time that's so cool right the, the just the, the pictures that i've seen from the mini fenway is just like ridiculous yeah. and right? I, how I, many guys on a team i think five you five can play guys. four in the field and then you get five guys so you get an extra hitter and, and it's pitcher's hand uh, pitcher's hand at first you can kick ball like throw it at them everywhere else and then they can got you hit them in the head yep oh yeah yeah, yeah. you gotta turn your face you don't want to wear one and <laughs> it gets competitive yeah. it's oh, it's a competitive God. thing and um, it's a fun thing. Give, and, give an idea real quick to mentions. Like, what are, what are the baselines? What are the... Oh, uh, I don't know. The bases, it's it's pretty good, but I think to center, it's like 118 or something, then down the down line. Shot. It's like, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's pretty fun. It's it's a lot of fun. A lot of bat flipping? Oh, yeah. It gets heated. <laughs> it gets heated. <laughs> bat flipping, guys, you know, they're getting mad at each other, best buddies arguing. <laughs> That didn't hit me. It didn't hit me. Yeah. I was on the base. Right, you know? right. It, I, it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Guys get jerseys made and team uniforms for this. and Wow. Yeah. I had a great Iron Maiden shirt that I bought in Nisswa, Minnesota when I was in sixth grade. Is that right? I did, yeah. From the totem pole or what? Uh, right <laughs> on the edge of the of – the, as, as, you, as you come into town, and this is just for Mitch and I, apparently. So I know. I told, <laughs> Mitch, I told Mitch before, this is not going to turn into old-time Minnesota. As, you're driving, as you're driving up uh, the highway there, you could go left and drive along the lakes, or you turn right – there's a gas station, and then you go into town, right? Yep. So it was the place right on the corner there, right, right after that gas station. Okay. It was on the second floor. Yeah, there's a nice sign. And so this is just. Is that, was that the totem pole? Was that no, the totem okay. pole's down a little bit. It's okay. uh, but there's that nice sign you pull into town. And it says Nissan, Minnesota. Pretty nice shopping. You know, yeah. it's just like <laughs> that humble BLA uh, energy. Yeah, exactly right. Hold on. Is, speaking of signs, is there home of Mitch McLean sign at in Brainerd at all? <laughs> no chance. No chance. <laughs> no, no, no. Like no. I mean, you guys have pro- pro- produced not. A, I mean, you talked about before, but a fair number of professional athletes. Uh, we, but not too. I mean, it's not like uh, Creighton Durham High School or anything like yeah, that, we, right? Yeah, we have uh, 
Well, we have Archibald, who is a Stanley Cup champion. Does he have a sign? He does not. Okay. He does All not. Right. Um, we have Joe Hegg, who's a Super Bowl champion. Uh, he was an offensive lineman for the Buccaneers, so sure. he's a Super Bowl champion. He played on uh, – he was a year older than me, so he plays with me. I didn't think he got to play with Smitty. Um, but, no, we do not have home of home, anyone no yet. No home of signs yet. Not yet. Well, you not again. Paul Bunyan. Paul Bunyan. Yeah, we got Paul Bunyan and Babe. That's that's it. That's <laughs> us. That's Brainerd. Who is the better Paul Bunyan, Brainerd or Bemidji? Oh, it's not even close. Any Bemidji is. It's not even close. The Brainerd one talks. I mean, there's an amusement park in Brainerd, Paul Bunyan Land. There is. You show up, you walk through the gates, and Paul Bunyan's talking to you. Uh, the Bemidji one can't even say words. So I don't even. It's not even a competition. It's not even a competition. That's great. Uh, I I want to go back. Let's let's. Bring it back here a little bit. Uh, I, I, one thing I was, I'm interested in talking about, you played for Iowa against the Admirals in the playoffs uh, a few years ago. 19, yeah. Uh, yeah. And you guys stomped us so badly in the first two games. What was it, like 14-2 to two maybe, was, Aaron? It was awful. It was awful. And it, 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 it was... Embarrassing. Yes. It was embarrassing. It was terrible. I, I I don't I want to I want to I want this verified. You guys came back here and the Admirals actually won the next two games to force game three or force game five. But what I'm wondering is how much clothes is it true that you guys only pack clothes for one more game, thinking we're going to cakewalk through these guys? That's rumor mill. Rumor That's mill. Rumor okay. Mill. That was you no, know who told us that? Though? I think Joe O'Donnell. Oh, Mike Liamis did. Oh, he Mike did. Mike oh. said I don't have any clean, and you had to go to Chicago right afterwards. Right. Yeah, so you guys Mike were gone said, forever. Mike said, I didn't bring any other clothes because I thought this was over. I like that mindset out of Mike Leanne. It's a little, <laughs> little, little Michael Jordan-esque. Right. Yeah, right? Like one suit. But, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a crazy series. Um, I think we were in disbelief that because you get to choose where you're playing the, yeah, the game. Yeah, two over three on the road, yeah. And just by nature, the four years or whatever that we played the Admirals, we got crushed here always playing at the Panther Arena. Admirals always won, and when we played them in Des Moines, we always won. So right. we, we were confused um, why they gave us the first two. But I mean, they had a good team. They probably thought they could steal one, and then they'd. That, that was that was the philosophy. Let's yeah. let's split there, and then we're going to be so, in good shape. But um, but yeah, both teams were great, and that was uh, it was interesting because we were here for because these AHL facilities they got concerts in the way nice. and stuff like that. We were here for like a week to play three games. Right, right. And exactly. so we had two days off in between some playoff games and it was it was it was nuts. And then of course just a lucky bounce to end uh, game yeah. five, you know. Louis Valpedia, right? Yeah, off yeah. the end wall. Yeah, off the end wall it hits Troy Gross, and made yeah. Grosnick and uh it's just one of those things. It was so even the whole year and that series, the, the way they bounced back and you just such such great teams when and it's you so get fun. Those guys, the, 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 the wild when they were loaded up there because Ryan Donato is there and Jordan, Jordan Green Greenway was there, yeah and, and who am I missing? Our team Nico was, Sturm was would have been there but who no, there was no Nico there was Sturm. one more there was there one was more guy who was Matt up. Reed Cal O'Reilly and then Greenway Luke Coonan Luke, Luke Coonan yes and then, yeah yeah who was obviously now in the so uh, we got in the, some big time NHL guys yes. yeah. playing for us you know and. Um, Matt Barkowski yeah. on the back end and yeah. Andrew Hammond and Matt. Yeah, yeah, and Capo, Capo Kakinen, who I hate. <laughs> I hate him. He's probably the nicest guy in the world because he beat us so many times that I can't he's, stand him. He's so good at hockey and he's good. He's a good chef too. And Don't he's, tell me he's a good guy. Tell me he, he kicks dogs. Oh, no, he's a great guy. He doesn't kick dogs. He's oh, just a quiet, 
Finnish kid who just so I know all the Finns are right. He's so nice, but crushes vodka. <laughs> <laughs> I thought those were the Russians. Well, that, no, all well, the Finns, uh, the Finns that we've had here. Are... <laughs> Salamaki is that what they call it? Salty Salamaki. Yeah. Salamaki. I think that's what they call their black licorice uh, vodka. Oh, right? yeah. we had a guy last name Salamaki play for us. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. He was a bulldog on the ice and off ice. If you said his name, that's our coach used to say. You say his name, he turns red. He was so shy. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. But anyways, uh, real quick, uh, I don't know if you have anything else. Uh, okay, we could probably go for three more hours. Yeah, I mean, I was so fortunate to come from school and have Cal as a captain and then play the next year with him as the, he's just so, he's so quiet, he, but he's so businesslike. He is what you want to be as a professional hockey player. Yeah. Everything about him. First off, his skill set is off the charts. Yes. But then in the room, he includes everybody. He's in the middle of everything. He wants to go do the team bonding stuff, and he just treats everyone so well, and his door is always open to his house if you need anything or a place to stay or whatever else. And I, He was so nice to me. I went down to Nashville after my first two years, and um, instantly I'm like, hey, Cal, can I stay at your place and whatever else? And he just took care of me for the whole week and just wow. – he's unbelievable and i just I, I often think what happens if he doesn't break that leg like where yeah that's what uh, doesn't break that he leg? was in nashville and he, he was, was getting he was he was getting he was top playing. two two line minutes yeah. right and i just i mean like you said that skill set and his mind and his just everything about him he's just a pro yeah every day in iowa this guy is one of the first ones there he's doing all the right things and then he's being a good teammate practicing working hard last one off the ice yeah and then he, he wants to go home and play video games with the boys or go to lunch or whatever else. And, yeah, him, him and his wife, Tara, they were just and they ca- amazing people. And he comes from people. an amazing family, too, right? We talk about a special yeah. education teachers being selfless. This family who had... How per- many kids have they taken in, the foster kids? Right, fostered kids, uh, like a dozen. I think it's close to a dozen kids. It's just remarkable. Yeah. It's, it's pretty amazing, like, how great our game is. Yeah, I mean, you talk about guys like that. Yes, and yeah. people hockey play players. With, and you dislike Cole Schneider playing against him, and you dislike Donovan and Mike Leambis. Oh, the right. way he plays. Nobody and likes Mike you, Leambis yeah. if you're playing against him. Yeah, and you yeah. meet these guys off the ice, and they're the best people in the world. Yeah. And it just makes it so much Hockey better. players are the best players, right? Like I, and, and I, obviously I'm biased, but I, I, I can count on one hand, like the number of guys, bad guys, guys I disliked. Yeah. In 20 years, 20, well, 22 years, 21 years, however long I've been doing this, the number of bad guys. And that's I – th- I give credit to Nashville because they sign, they want to sign good people like yourself. Um, but they also – but that I think that goes around hockey. Like I think yeah. hockey guys are just good guys. Yeah, I think anytime you see something go sideways or a tragedy happen or something, the hockey community is so strong and right. so small that they – they just unify and it just brings them closer. It's it's unbelievable. We always, as we wrap these up, and it's it's sort of unfair to put you on this spot at the end because you're still here. But we always, whenever we have guests on, we always ask, when you think of your time in Milwaukee, what comes to mind? So maybe we should change that. A change, little bit yeah, change that. And say, when you with this team in Milwaukee now, it was a rough start. Where can this team go? I mean, the cli- the cliche is like we're going to be the champions, but I truly believe with our lineup we have right now and the bodies that we have and how deep we are, I think we can make a push and we can win a championship. This team is built for the playoffs. It's it's a team that you can play one night, two nights, but can you play against them six nights in a row and beat them? 
Um, it's a it's a tight group and um, it's been a lot of fun and we have some leaders and some guys that came in that have won a lot of hockey games in this league and it's going to be exciting especially with the fans in this building I mean that was the one thing I'm like we're never going to lose as Milwaukee Admiral at home every time I came here on the road we it was just so hard to play against um, this group and uh, having the building rocking and those cowbells going I mean it's 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 a momentum changer for sure so I'm excited to be on this side of it for the playoff push Anything else? No, that's a great uh, great way to end it. Thank a great you. way to end to get back on the horse here. Exactly right. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing it. Yeah, this, this was really fun. Thanks for having me. That's uh, Admiral's forward Mitch McClain. One. Thank you for listening to this Milwaukee Admiral's podcast.